On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, we have returning guests Patterson, Leia, and Georgia, and feature guest BJ McNaughty. BJ McNaughty is a feature dancer who just happens to dance as a clown. We'll learn all about how being a clown stripper is different than being any other kind of stripper. So sit back, eat some circus peanuts, and enjoy the ride. It's time for another episode of Behind the Meat Curtains. Welcome to Behind the Meat Curtains. I'm the Brad. And I'm Kat. Uh, we have a whole new episode today. Uh, some returning guests and one new guest. Let's go ahead and go around the table this way. Introduce yourself and say what you do in the industry, or in this case, maybe used to do. Yeah, formerly. Uh, what up? It's, it's your boy Patterson. Back one more time. <laughs> We're going to do it again. Um, former management, security, ev- everything. The end. Hi. Hi there, it's BJ McNaughty, your favorite stripper clown. <laughs> um, but I've actually had every job, I feel like, in the industry over the years, so I'll tell you more about that later. Sure. It's Georgia again, always. Um, I'm a dancer. Oh. This is Leia, and I'm a stripper. Oh, and, and you're a pole dancing instructor. And a pole dancing instructor. Yeah. I guess that's still... Don't, don't leave that out. You're right. <laughs> All right, so we'll start over here, since you're uh, a new guest. Um, our uh, default question, basically, to anybody that comes on the podcast, uh, kind of goes like this. Stripping is a very unique job. It's a job that not anybody, everybody could do, and it's a job that uh, some people would even find uh, offensive or something like that. So um, how did you find yourself in this job? Is it something that you always wanted to do? Is it something you need, did because you suddenly really needed money? What, what was the path to becoming a stripper for you? Well, oh, and I'm sorry, this is to B.J. McNaughty. <laughs> first of all, I live in Portland, Oregon. We're here in Bend today. Um, but I live in Portland, which is the strip bar capital of the world. So there's a lot of strip clubs there. So it's kind of hard to not end up in one, I feel like. That's just like the natural progression. Um, I've had a lot of jobs over the years. And somehow I, my first job in a strip club was as a cocktail waitress. And uh, that led me to being a bartender, to being the day manager, the VIP hostess. I've been the DJ. Um, I pretty much had every job in the club except for stripper until about nine years ago. And I decided to take the plunge and become a stripper clown. <laughs> Did you? Was that all at once? I'm going all to be a stripper once. and I a clown? I wasn't a clown before, and I was not a stripper before. And I just decided I'm going to mash these two together and just go for it. That's well, what was your inspiration to become the clown? Well, I knew I wanted to be a feature entertainer, which means that I get paid by clubs to travel all over the country, in fact, all over the world, to come to your club and put on a show. And so one of the things that really inspired me was that I saw a magician stripper, and I thought, that's amazing. And she didn't even touch the pole one time. Like, you know, sometimes you go to strip clubs, this is going to sound really weird, but there's no stripper pole. And like, what is the stripper going to do then? So yeah, this girl had like a full-on Vegas show. She was kind of like the carrot top of strippers. She had so many props. And I'm like, I want to do that. But only she's already doing that. So I can't be a magician. What am I going to do? And so I really thought about it for a long time. And I'm, I'm funny. I know that about myself. And I'm also really good at marketing. So I knew I can market a clown really, really well. Oh, yeah. I watched your show last night. I met you 
twice. I think Georgia and I met you in Portland, but I met you in Vegas and you were showcasing yourself. You had like a whole booth and I'm like, oh my God, I need to meet this girl. And I got a picture with you and stuff. I'm like, where are you based out of? You're like Portland. I was like, we got to get you out the club. Like we have to do a carnival night. And two years later, we finally... I know, but I even saw you in Portland at my home club. You came and visited yeah, me. Yeah, and they were like, BJ, yeah. BJ McNaughty. And I was like, oh, I know her. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that it's only nine years. Because I'm from Portland, and I I started dancing in Portland. I just kind of assumed you've been doing it for... I mean, like, I've been in the industry. I don't even want to say how long, because I don't no, give away I'm, my age. But um, I've been in the industry for a really long time, probably longer than most strippers' age. And so, like I said, I've had most jobs. So it took me a long time to become a stripper, finally. And I just would see that... Nine years does feel like it went by really fast. But at the same time, when you say nine years, you're like, that's a really long time. I don't know, because I, I always saw you in the Exotic Magazine. and like in the Well, like, here's a little secret. The Exotic Magazine is a free magazine you pick up in Portland, Oregon. It's paid for by the advertisers of all the clubs, right? And you guys advertise, the stars advertises in there. I, before I became a stripper, before I became BJ McNaughty, I worked for Exotic Magazine for eight years. That was my main job for a long time. I sold ads to the clubs. Uh, I sold all the escort ads in the magazine and I wrote articles. And one of the things that I did was I would get press passes to go to events and it took me to a stripper expo, like a whole convention for strip clubs. And that sounds really exciting, right? You're like, oh, a stripper convention. It's kind of boring when you get there. You went, right? It's it like was, it's the like, nightclub one. Right, a they're lot selling better. like um, <laughs> carpet and furniture for your strip clubs and insurance. So that part's pretty boring. The only exciting part like is the of, feature entertainers that are there. It's like a lot of like old strip club owners, just like mm, it really is. It's like a sausage <laughs> party of old men in That's suits nice that chair. are a little bit out of touch about what's actually and happening even, in their clubs. Even as far as the feature dancers, I'd say there was like six maybe like well there was way more than that i think you just didn't notice them but because they had them all like back in a section together i wasn't in that section so i think i was a little bit more noticeable but i've been going to that stripper convention for over 10 years now like that was that was the catalyst that made me become bj that is where i saw the magician stripper and uh yeah i i go for the parties but the convention itself is pretty boring oh yeah we went to the party at the the hustler club and that was that was fun rubber doll was there and shortcake and it was it was a whole show, but but the convention itself was shitty. How many um, feature entertainers do you think there are in the United States? Because I've seen like a couple faces like in advertisements across. I mean, the US. There's, a, there's a few big name feature entertainers out there. Like you mentioned, Rubber Doll. Rubber Doll is like one of the big ones that also helped inspire me to do what I do, um, and she's well known and she's been around. And then there's a lot of aspiring new feature entertainers or there's a lot of girls who maybe went and did a gig at some local place and they would still consider themselves feature entertainers. Like, who am I to say they are or they're not? They're just different levels of, you know, fame, I guess, going on. I've done really well in the industry because I'm a novelty act and people like that. Just like the midgets are novelty acts and the the porn stars are novelty acts. And the magicians. And the magicians. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. I haven't heard it. I haven't even heard of that. Um, I just keep wondering where their hidden pockets are. <laughs> it's caught on me. It's part of the magic of the show. Hold on, Te- technical break for dog-related difficulties. Oh yeah, we have we have a pug here. She didn't introduce herself. Well, you made her bark before. Maybe we can get her to speak on the microphone. I don't know what she did. I don't think she can bark on command. She's actually a pretty good girl. No. Um. So. When you 
I think I already know the answer to this question because I've asked enough number of people. When you first started working at the club, waitress, whatever, did you think you'd ever be a dancer? That wasn't my intention. Like, I don't know. I've never had a problem with being dancers. I just wasn't what I thought I was going to do. I was just there to be a server or be a bartender. And I watched the dancers, though, for enough years that I'm like, you know, I think I can do that. I'm curious about the specifically how you settled. Like, you, you decided to be a feature entertainer first. Kind of like you're like, that's how I want to approach this. But what pushed you towards settling on clowns specifically that's really the the transition right like i well first off i had to figure out how to be a clown and how to be a stripper all in the same time right okay so you weren't Um, you weren't like i wasn't a stripper before college no that would be fun though uh but yeah no i really wanted to be a feature entertainer and so i was like okay i have to first figure out how to be a stripper before i can take this show on the road right and also how to be a clown and i really was determined like i'm going to be a feature and i i worked as a clown probably five nights a week at my home club and just trying to figure out what kind of clown I'm going to be before I took it on the road. And what kind of clown do you think you are? <laughs> well, I get told I'm creepy all the time, to which I reply, thank you. <laughs> but I don't think I'm creepy. I think I'm a happy clown. I'm a nice clown. I like to keep it. I want everybody I think to be most laughing. People, I and think a lot of people time. just say, if you're a clown, then you're creepy. Like some people I mean, just I also make always tell them, like, hey, you haven't even seen me naked yet. <laughs> Um, I described you as cute because you came out with like your pink hair and your cute nose. Like it, it, it actually wasn't creepy, but you look. You well, know. I had red hair last night, and I think I get told I look the creepiest when I have red hair. Like last night, a guy told had, me like you're it, and I was like, he has a name. His name is Pennywise. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Pennywise. Do you do you think that um, like starting in um, Portland and specifically at your home club got you were able to facilitate your success? Well, yeah, I mean, I one having determination of, like, I'm going to make this happen and do what I need to. But having a home club that allowed me to dance as a clown was awesome because the club I work at in Portland is called Kit Kat Club, and it's a feature show club. So every girl does, like, a two-song set feature show every night, which can be as little as you want it to be, put on a nurse's costume and go out there and just, you know, do some nurse-related songs or not. Or you could do it full-blown like I do where I'm coming out in full costume and I've got all these props and... Uh, it's a show every time I go on stage. Uh, I'm sorry. When you say feature, do you mean like every set has a theme to yes. it? Yes. Yeah. When I saw you at the Kit Kat Club in Portland, um, you weren't you weren't wearing any makeup or anything. So well, I was you, wearing makeup, but not. Well, clown you, makeup. you uh, I'm sorry. You weren't wearing like your your feature makeup. You weren't wearing the clown stuff. Um, is that only on the weekends or? Uh, I dance both ways, but you came in on a Monday <laughs> night and Mondays I'm always uh, non-clown because I learned right in the beginning that Mondays were a little different. It was a little slower. You just get a few guys like wandering from the hotels across the street and clowns a little much on a Monday for them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. A little much. Too know, much. We did come on like the offest of off nights for I think two for Portland but some things I mean in Portland everything's closed on Mondays except for the strip clubs so that's really the only thing to do and Kit Kat's fun I I love love the Kit Kat club I love it my one of my good friends she works there and I I'm so proud of her because she's become this amazing entertainer because they're they facilitate like they really allow um, creativity. No, and then they allow me to do whatever I want. I can get as weird as I want, and I can, like, kind of shop things to, like, see if this will work to take it on the road, because sometimes, I mean, Portland, the whole motto is keep Portland weird, right? So I can get away with a lot of stuff there that I'm like, I could never do this on the road. 
So how much do you travel? How much do you go on the road? I, Pre-COVID, I was traveling probably two to three weeks out of the month, going all over. I've been all over the U.S. I went all over Canada. I've been to Jamaica a couple of times. I even went to Puerto Rico to go clown around. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but post-COVID, things have been a lot slower, especially right now, the way the economy is going. Just strip clubs in general are pretty slow. So not as many bookings. But uh, when I'm not traveling, I'm still clowning around downtown Portland regularly. Right. And I, don't, I do it usually Wednesdays and Saturday nights. Of all the places you went, does any place stand out as the coolest, the weirdest, the like, as far as like I don't know, standard <laughs> stripper stories? Well, for a long time I liked Nashville. I thought Nashville was a really fun city. The clubs there are BYOB, which coming from Oregon, that's so <laughs> foreign and strange. You're like, what? You can bring in your own alcohol, and because there's nobody monitoring how much you drink, people get really messed up. And so it's kind of fun. And what I loved about Nashville was it was like <laughs> businessmen and cowboys and gangsters and bikers and just a little bit of mix of everything all together in the bar. And that just made a really fun mix. And there was good money there. Is that a legal thing? Like strip clubs have to be bring your own beer? Uh, I think in certain cities, that's the, that's the deal. Is like, if you're going to have nudity then it's a BYOB situation. Because all over the country, a lot of we're lucky here in Oregon. We have full nudity and liquor, but that's not a thing most places. I think it's in... I went to Chicago. I went to a place called the Pink Monkey. I don't know if it's still... But it was BYOB. Oh, it's now a deja vu. Oh. They, they I danced. Were. I performed there. It's, a, it's actually a very beautiful club. but uh, Or the Pink Monkey was. It was just like five years ago. I mean, it's the same. They just put a new name on it. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Probably put new carpet in. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. <it'll> yeah. Help. <laughs> um, but it, it was BYOB because they only give out a certain amount of liquor licenses in some states. And so it's like a lottery. And so they can't serve it or provide it, but you can bring it in. And have but like here in Oregon, that you couldn't get away with that, right? You know, even Fuck, if like, no. because we gave enough liquor licenses, too bad. Now you're just a juice bar. No, BYOB because we have a little CC. So there's a club in Oklahoma wild. City that is... Little Darlings on one side and Deja Vu on the other side, and they're connected. So you pay one cover, and you can walk back and forth between the two clubs. And the Little Darling side is not fully nude and has liquor, and the Deja Vu side is fully nude but does not have liquor, but you can legally smoke weed in the club? <laughs> and I found that amazing. And I and they served bowls of cereal, and I don't drink milk, but they had almond milk. So I'm sitting there eating, like, Cocoa Pebbles, with almond milk, watching strippers oh, smoking weed, weed. And, cereal and like I a... am like living my best life right now. Like I, that's my new favorite. I love, I love the loopholes at all these places. It's like it's all these men that are trying to like crack down on like the strip club industry, and we always fucking find a loophole to the, to fuck it the all. The two up. side clubs <laughs> are really crazy. I worked one of the ones in Phoenix that I worked at. Um, they had it was eighteen and up on the one side with no liquor, and then it was. 21 and over with liquor and it was weird because we would work both sides we would just like go through the lobby like past the front door like through the lobby and then on one side it was just it was really bizarre that they were really not like i'm like who's monitoring this because guys from the other side the 18 and upside would try and come over to the other one and i'm like but we had to keep our bottoms on on the liquor side and it was full nudity on the other um, they also just walked me out to the parking lot to grab tampons out of my car in my full heels and outfit. And I was like, 
the highway's right there. I mean, is this legal? But they didn't care. But they're just, I feel like it's I wild. mean, in Oregon, it's technically legal to be naked outside. So Yeah, you just I, smoke I mean, cigarettes outside out Kit Kat Club. We're all outside smoking in <laughs> yeah. our bikinis and stuff. The owners don't love it. They're like, can you maybe cover up your thong? But we don't care. <laughs> but I, I'm surprised that just the BYOB, the two sides, like, that Oregon would never. So that's one thing I really love about traveling is I get to really see how the other side lives, like, all over the country and learn these crazy rules. And some places, like, you can't even show your nipples. And so they require girls not even wear pasties. They, like, have these girls putting clear puff paint on their nipples so that they're covered legally, but you can still see their nipples. And I'm like, that doesn't seem that seems toxic right i, I, I think know. you lost me at clear puff paint what yeah like that? literally like craft paint that you oh, go to the craft oh. store and they're meant to like put on sweatshirts or something and it puffs up like the sparkle paint yeah with, but they're yeah. putting them on their nipples and it's clear because technically that's a loophole is hey right. i know you can still see my nipples like but they're putting covered. saran wrap over it yes yes clear pasties or the third article was one that i always was like like a fingerless glove i'm like who the fuck wants to wear a fingerless glove? Like, but I could be completely naked, but I had to wear a fingerless glove. I'm like, what? Because you're still wearing an article it's a, of clothing? Yeah, the third article of clothing, it was like you're still wearing something. Well, and then there's crazy rules all over the country. Like, in Louisiana, if you are showing pubic hair, that is considered showing vagina. So you are required to basically shave. Like, there's no bush happening in Louisiana like there is here in Oregon. Um, yeah, because that's considered your vagina. And I don't know anybody who knows human anatomy, but if you've seen somebody with a full bush, that could be covering somewhere that's nowhere near your vagina. Uh, often is. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was one in, I can't remember, it was Texas or Florida. And if you gave a, you could do a full nude lap dance but if you took your shoes off, they could get you for prostitution. Oh, that's how it is in Vegas, too. Yeah. If you have no shoes on stage, that's considered prostitution. Which, I don't know. You haven't listened to the podcast, but Georgia's like, she, people yeah. love her feet. They're just so. very progressively <laughs> recognizing I the also foot kink. Think about all the prostitutes yeah. that fuck with their shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> that's why heels were invented. Exactly. So. Right. Wow, yeah. And then they have, like... I know in Vegas, they you have to have a card on you. Yeah, sheriff's there's, card. There's ones in like different states where you have to actually have it like the scarlet letter on your arm, and it has like all your information it has on to it. Be but displayed. You, yeah, it has to be displayed. I'm like, well, you're dancing for people. And well, then there's this, certain like, cities and like, states like, that you have card. to. Yeah, there's certain <laughs> ones that you have to be wearing a garter belt because that's some sort of legality. And then there's other cities where it's illegal to wear a garter belt because that's considered prostitution. America, very weird rules about sexual I mean, these are all, like, made by, these rules are all made by men who, like, saw something one day and it made them feel something. Like, oh, my God, I saw a garter belt on a woman and I got a boner and now all women are not allowed to wear garter belts. I think that's exactly it. Like, somebody out there has this huge foot fetish and they're like, oh, well, if I see feet, that's just prostitution. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, like, now you get, like, you get, like, the search metrics from Pornhub they post online, like, the most searched thing in every state. But strip clubs were that like 30 years ago. Yeah. Just the rules in strip clubs were like whoever was in power, what they were into. <laughs> you know? I mean, you said that about the ankle. I'm a huge reality TV junkie, and I was watching some sort of Amish reality TV show, and they busted a strip club that was happening in a barn, and these ladies <laughs> were showing their ankles. Was it BYOB? I mean, uh, <laughs> bring but they were hooch? showing their ankles. <laughs> oh my. 
Was that seriously considered a strip club? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they got busted that's as, by that's like as the much as they have. Like, I mean, there are underground strip clubs. I talked about one that was going on in Portland for a minute, but yeah, but it's funny to me to think of like. It's an underground strip club, and all we're doing is showing shorter our ankles. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I mean, like. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna like sidebar it real quick because this question's in my head, and <laughs> I'm bad at remembering things. Um, I want like when we're talking about like the weird fetishes and stuff. I want to start like we've all seen like feet people, and like there's a whole gamut of atypical interests you see in the strip club environment. But I'm curious about if you do actually run into, like, clown people. Like, are there people who are into that? Oh, I run into clown people, and I can totally know because they show up to my gigs as clowns. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's okay. kind of a big thing. So this thing. is the thing. Yeah, and in Portland, there's a lot of clowns. Like, I don't know if any <laughs> of you know this, but there's, like, a whole underground clown orgy party scene. I was unaware. Yeah, I was unaware until I became a clown and then all these people (laughs) kept trying to get me to come to their clown orgy party and I was like, I I know I am a clown but that's not my thing. I just Um, imagine that it's What what people like about that is that you go to these orgy parties and they think you're anonymous because you're in the clown makeup so they are more willing to be free and open I mean, I have seen costumes at some of the, like, sex clubs in Portland. Like, I do see people, like, wear full Momentary pause. Does a clown orgy? My dog has questions too. Does a clown orgy just sound like a bunch of noses honking? It sounds really messy, like just makeup (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) I would think that, like, yeah, throw those sheets away when you're done because there's just clown makeup that's not coming out of anything. Well, I think you you take care of that at a normal orgy anyway. But yeah, that's probably But, you know, true. people There's always go, you know, oh, you're a clown. Aren't people scared of clowns? And my answer's always like, yeah, but for every one person I meet that's scared of clowns, I meet like 10 people that want to fuck a clown. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's really a thing. Does any of it get Sorry. out of hand? Do Are any of them, like, too <laughs> enthusiastically want to fuck a clown? Um, you know, I'm... Yeah, like, do people lose their balloon privileges? <laughs> Um, I went on a date with a clown once because he was very, like, he was the one that was trying to get me to go to the clown orgy parties, by the way, because he's like, ooh, new clown on the scene. I'm going to be the one who brings her. (laughs) And um, we went to the city fair, which is such a funny thing you'd think clowns would go do on a date is go ride rides and play games, and it was cute. Were you in in full clown Oh, we were both in full clown, yeah. We did have one girl in the group chat when they announced you were coming who said she couldn't work this weekend because she's terrified of clowns, and I thought that was very funny. Um. Well, I don't know if it's the girl that came up to me last night and felt the need to tell me that she's terrified of me, even though she was standing right in front of me and yeah, seemed fine. Good on, good on her for facing her fear, I, I, I gave her, We hugged it out. Just stand up. Do you get that very much? I fear? do. I get that a lot. I've yeah. chased grown men out of the building. <laughs> I've chased men around the building. I don't know why men always think if they run into the men's room, I'm not going to follow them in there. <laughs> Because I totally do. <laughs> what? Why are you chasing them? Just for the thrill of people well, being yeah, scared of you? Yeah, because when a grown giant man who's like looks like he should be playing football is scared of little old me, I find that really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, back on the, I might have already asked this, but it's something that's uh, sticks in my brain. Do you have? Are there any other like weird rules of different places? Because it fascinates me, like all of the. 
If you're wearing, not wearing shoes, you're a prostitute. If you're wearing a garter, you're a prostitute. If you're not wearing a garter, you're a prostitute. You know? Like yeah, I mean, there's just so many rules. Different places, it's hard to remember them all. But, yeah, a lot of times, like, lap dances are, you know, you can't take anything off and you can't touch your knees to the ground because if you touch your knees to the ground, that can, can prostitution. And some places you have to literally hover the entire dance. There's no sitting down, touching them at all. So they have, like, handicap railings on the side and you... You really get to get an arm workout because you're hovering. Huh. Um, I'm trying to think of other crazy rules. I'm, I'm just thinking that because you, I saw you last night perform and you're in full costume. And if you're doing that, like, all over the U.S. or wherever you go and you have all these restrictions, like, you have to, like, adjust your costume. <laughs> well, not too much. Like, usually because... A lot of times my clown stuff has kind of full coverage bottoms. But, like, for example, in Nashville, you have to have 75% of your butt sheet covered. Now, I don't know if anyone's coming in and actually measuring anything and is like, hey, you only have 65% of your butt covered or whatnot. They just want you to wear full coverage panties. So you have to basically go to the hustler store next door and buy some granny panties when you work there. (laughs) Oh, well, I just saw you yesterday, like, wearing nothing but, like, a balloon outfit. And you popped it on somebody, I'm like, do you get in trouble? Do you get, like, a slap on the wrist or something if your balloon pops? I mean, generally, if you're a guest, you're going to get a little bit like, hey, we don't do that here. Now you know, you know. But sometimes you'll get in places and you're like, man, this has so many rules. I don't even want to give a lap dance because I'm so afraid I'm going to break all of these rules. Yeah. You nodded. Have you come across that? Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, especially, like, well, at least, I mean, like, even just in general in Oregon so every club is different so it's like I've, I've worked at clubs in the Portland metro area that made me buy their panties to put their panties on every time I gave a dance and I'm like really in Oregon we're gonna do this but you know that's that's common but I don't know that feels seems like, like a good to way to sell panties yeah I was just yeah, gonna say I that feels like, like maybe a profit thing but I think they got in trouble actually for prostitution happening on the premises and so I think that was to alleviate that but I have, like, when I've traveled dance, I'm always so nervous and cautious I'm going to get in trouble because when you walk into a new place, you don't know anybody. You don't know the staff. You don't have rapport with anyone. You're the first target that they're going to be looking at for being a troublemaker. So, like, and a lot of rules are unspoken. Like, they don't give you a handbook. I was just going to ask that. I mean? like, there's no break-in period? No. Yeah, no, there's, stripper is one of those few jobs that they just throw you in, sink or swim. There's no handbook. There might be some rules posted on the walls, right? Like, yeah. you read the rules, but there's a lot of unwritten rules, like you said. And then there's, like, stripper etiquette amongst the strippers. So there's a whole other set of rules you have to follow. And uh, I, I saw a girl at my home club have a breakdown or like total fit in the dressing room and she was just like nobody teaches you anything they just throw you out there and I, I was kind of laughing because I'm like she's so right I can just imagine going to the back room at the Kit Kat Club and putting a, a DVD and welcome to the Kit Kat Club this is oh, what yeah. and here's the, here's the Hi, things that are going to get you sent to HR <laughs> it is very much trial and error though like baby strippers come in and nobody tells them anything until and then another just, stripper screams at you they have to try stuff and see which stuff they get yelled at for and which stuff they don't that's 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 the, how we learn. That's the policy. The only like club I ever worked for that gave me an instructional video was Little Darlings in Las Vegas, and they made me sit I in the office name. and watch a thirty-five minute long 
video and it was like an HR produced video but like, that's it because was, that's a corporation, corporation. and yeah. they've like been the sued so many times that they now have to have a video yeah, for they everyone do, to watch. I mean especially with Vegas there's a thousands of women that are like coming through all the time like it is a big stripping like hub I guess or it used to be I don't know if it's so when you walked away from that were you like that was good or no, this is bullshit told, it told you how to talk to guys okay but it, it told we you talk about all these okay. rules oh, right sales. it was a We're sales good. video it was <laughs> men that taught you how to do the sales like uh, let me tell you how okay. to be a stripper because yeah. I know better like than you yeah I'm picturing I, no I was picturing like a an Applebee's like HR manager yeah, it's, it's like just the thing like if you get hired in the mall and you have to watch the Hollister video for like two days because you have to do all these like Okay, online but training. let's talk about there's so many clubs that have all these rules and then you'll get to a club where it's kind of the opposite. Like, I've been in trouble for not letting customers touch me enough. Yes. And it's yeah. like, wait, isn't that up to I me to decide? I never thought that Shouldn't would that be. be up to me to decide if a customer is allowed to touch me and how I want them to touch me? But um, there's a club in Portland that I don't even know if I should name them because I don't like this club. But you can they, write it on they a note do, put um, it on the table. Like toy shows the on the stage and oh. in the VIP oh, area. Right. And, <laughs> but, you know, they a lot happens there and for a long time to even get hired you had to give the owner a lap dance oh, and he no. was I, yeah. that was like your lesson on how to give a lap dance there was he was gonna show you which you know not creepy or anything no it doesn't sound creepy at all yeah it's he little, got sued a, a bunch weird. of times for a whole bunch of things and then he stopped doing that <clears throat> As yeah, should. I, that was really fucked up and i pers- i have my own personal opinions and i also I choose to not work there ever, and people. Will I like, worked there for two years, and like, I. Why don't you work there? And I'm like. Yeah, Sorry. I have strong opinions about the place, and I don't even know how I survived two years. But I will say, there's not a lot of places out there that will let you house dance as a clown. <laughs> Did they? Um, is that the place that told you that you're not letting them touch you enough? Uh, no, that was a club in. Memphis that told me that but that also at Casa you do have to let people touch you that is one of the club's rules that's insane it is insane is it is it full nude it is fully nude. Wow. Brad's just asking for reasons. It's yeah, no, no, I know a guy. I, know, I know a so guy who's wondering. I mean, a lot <laughs> of people listening already know, but I just said the name, so you know, people will know. It's just not going to deter customers. Customers are going to be like, "Oh, all that stuff goes no, on there." If anything, I want to go. Though, is an advertising spot for them. And that's the end of part one. Our theme music is from Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Prime Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We're a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com. Thanks. <laughs>